Turn in our Bibles this morning to Psalm 103. Psalm 103, this is the passage of God's Word that we read in connection with Lord's Day 46 of the Heidelberg Catechism. Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagle's. The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. He made known his ways unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt with us, after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are dust. As for man, his days are as grass, as a flower of the field, so he flourisheth. For the wind passeth over it, and it is gone, and the place thereof shall know it no more. The mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him, his righteousness unto children's children, to such as keep his covenant, and to those that remember his commandments to do them. The Lord hath prepared his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom ruleth over all. Bless the Lord, ye his angels that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word, Bless ye the Lord, all ye his hosts, ye ministers of his, that do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. We read God's word thus far, and may God bless unto us that reading of his word. Now let's turn in now Heidelberg Catechism. Lord's Day 46, Lord's Day 46 of the Heidelberg Catechism, questions and answers 120 and 121. Why hath Christ commanded us to address God thus, our Father, that immediately, in the very beginning of our prayer, he might excite in us a childlike reverence for and confidence in God, which are the foundation of our prayer, 
namely, that God has become our Father in Christ and will much less deny us what we ask of him in true faith than our parents will refuse us earthly things. Why is it here added, which art in heaven? Lest we should form any earthly conceptions of God's heavenly majesty and that we may expect from his almighty power all things necessary for soul and body. Beloved in our Lord Jesus Christ, Psalm 103, which we read, is a psalm that speaks to us of God as our Father, and a psalm that tells us what kind of Father God is to us. He is this kind of Father, verse 13, like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. He is a Father who shows pity to us. And that word pity is literally that he is a Father who loves his children deeply. And the way in which he shows that love to his children is that he is compassionate toward them. He is kind to them, and he takes into account the kind of children they are. Verse 14, he knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are dust. That's the kind of father that God is to us. And he shows us that loving kindness, that pity, and that compassion, especially by what is described in verses 2 through 5 of this psalm, where his benefits are mentioned. Verse 2, the Lord showers us with his benefits, and these are the benefits that he showers us with as our Father, remember, he forgives all our iniquities. He heals all of our diseases, that is, our spiritual diseases. He redeems our life from destruction. He crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies. He satisfies us with good things. A loving a compassionate and a very, very generous father. What a father God is to us. How great is his love for us. No one is as good to us as God our father is. Lord's Day 46 also speaks to us in the same positive and comforting words concerning God as our Father. Catechism mentions that he is a loving Father. He is a mighty Father. He is a Father who is willing 
to give us what we ask of him in faith, more willing than a parent can be and is. That's the Father to whom we pray. And the privilege that we have is that when we pray to him, we may call him our Father. We also must call him that. Christ is instructing us to do so. The emphasis, beloved, ought to be on the fact that we may call him our Father, a privilege that is indeed. A theme then as we consider this Lord's Day is praying to God as our Father. We'll notice who our Father is, our knowledge of him, and the significance for prayer. Jesus Christ's disciples, like us, found it difficult to pray. And so they came to the Lord Jesus Christ and they asked him, Lord, teach us to pray. We asked God the same thing. And the Lord Jesus Christ comes to us as he did to the disciples with this as the first lesson concerning prayer, namely, when you pray, you address God as our Father. And that's necessary. Prayer begins with an address. It's necessary because of what prayer is. In prayer, we are speaking to God. To God. Note that. Even in speech with each other, we use addresses. And so we speak to our parents as dad or mum, father or mother. We speak to those who are elderly, older than us, as Mr. or Mrs. We use addresses in the church, pastor or reverend. We use addresses in our family, uncle, aunt, grandpa, grandma. And we must do the same when we speak to God. And the Catechism points out that we should do this, quote, immediately at the very beginning of our prayer. This comes first in prayer. This comes even before we ask God for anything in prayer. This comes even before we express any thanks to God in prayer. This comes before we even confess our sins to God in prayer. We begin with a proper address to God. There are, of course, many different addresses that we could use and that we do use in prayer. We address God as God, as the Almighty One, as Jehovah, as Lord, as King, as the Holy God, and we may address God as our Father. 
our Father who art in heaven. An address, beloved, is an expression of faith. What I mean by that is this. When we use an address to God, we are expressing that we believe certain things to be true of God whom we address. First of all this, when we use an address in prayer to God, then we believe we are consciously in the presence of God. We are, after all, speaking to him. We're using his name. And that's an expression of faith. The faith that believes I am in God's presence and God is near me and God is here to listen to me. And so I call his name and he listens. It's an expression of faith. But secondly, an address is an expression of the fact that we believe that we may speak to God directly, directly. We don't have to go to God indirectly, as the Roman Catholic Church teaches, that you have to go through God through Mary or through other saints or through a priest. But we're able to address God directly because we're able to speak to God directly. We could say that our prayers to God as we address God as our Father are prayers in which we're able to have a face-to-face -face conversation with God. That's something that we believe when we pray to Him. And thirdly, an address is an expression of faith because we believe what we believe that God is what his name expresses we use the name lord because we believe god is lord we use the name holy one because we believe god is the holy one we use the name the address sovereign king because we believe god is the sovereign king And we use the name our Father because we believe God is our Father. It isn't simply a wish that he would be a father to us. It isn't simply that we have this desire that God would be this for us and to us, but this is something we believe is true of him. God is our Father. You notice, beloved, the Catechism refers to this address, our Father, as the foundation of our prayer. The foundation, as you know, is a crucial thing for a building. Without one, or if the foundation that a building has is weak or insufficient, the building is weak and the building is bound to collapse. Prayer needs a foundation. 
They must be something that our prayers are built upon so that our prayers do not collapse, so that our prayers do not fall to the ground. That is, there must be something that our prayers are built upon because without a good solid foundation for our prayers, our prayers will not arise up to heaven to God. They'll simply fall to the ground and not be heard. The foundation is that God is our Father for the sake of Christ. And that's because these words establish the proper attitudes for prayers. The attitudes mentioned in this Lord's Day that we'll look at a little more in detail later namely childlike reverence for God and childlike confidence in God. And that's established as the foundation through the address that Christ teaches us to use, namely, our Father who art in heaven. And when these are our attitudes in prayer, childlike confidence as well as childlike reverence for God, when those are our attitudes to in prayer to God, then we can and we will by the Spirit dare to pray to God, and then we can and we will by the Spirit pray prayers that are pleasing to Him. If our attitude is anything other than childlike reverence and childlike trust, then our prayers do not have a foundation from which they arise up to heaven to be heard and to be received by God. God is our Father. We believe that. That God is our Father means, of course, that we have a close relationship to God, that of a father and children. It's a relationship that is characterized by love. Love. That's what we learn from Psalm 103 as we will sing of that in Psalter number 283. His love is like a father's to his children, tender and kind to those who fear his name. God's love for us is like the love of an earthly father toward his children. An earthly father, if he is normal, if he is right, if he is what an earthly father ought to be, is one who loves his children. It is true that an earthly father also has authority over his children and he commands his children and he requires respect of his children and he punishes his children if they are disobedient to them, to him or to their mother. But he is not a man who is cold and harsh and indifferent and unfeeling toward his children. And even when he exercises his authority, he does it in love for them. 
He is a man who is kind. He is a man who is gentle. He is a man who is understanding toward his children. He is sympathetic to a child who is hurting. He doesn't ignore his children. He listens to them. And he comforts them. He cares for them and he protects them. He desires good for his children and to the utmost of his power he provides for them. He loves them. And how can he not love them in in these ways? They are his flesh and blood. They are his offspring. They are dear and precious to him as their father. And that's how God's love is toward you and me. Only, of course, his love is perfect. God is a father who only and always is loving, gentle, and kind to his children. God is a father who only and always has good purposes for his children. And God is a father who only and always fulfills those good purposes for his children. And he has one outstandingly good purpose for his children, and that is that his purpose is to save his children from hell and to bring them home to him in heaven. And he fulfills that. He fulfills that without fail. He fulfills that without fail for every single child he has. And what makes the love of God perfect is that the love of God is powerful. You could say more powerful than that of an earthly father. An earthly father may wish to do many good things for his children earthly things, and even spiritual things for that. But he finds that he's limited. There are things he cannot simply, do, simply cannot do for his children, even though he would like to do it for them. Perhaps especially that becomes known by an earthly father in the realm of spiritual things. You cannot work faith in your children. You cannot yourself save your children. But God accomplishes what God has purposed. He is powerful to bring about what he has purposed. And he always makes the good that he has planned for us, his children, to become a reality for us as his children. He is our Father, as we confess, who is in heaven. And as our Father who is in heaven, he is almighty. He is great. He is unlimited in his power. And therefore, as the Catechism says, we may expect from 
his almighty power, notice that we may, may expect from his almighty power all things necessary for soul and for body. He's powerful to save. He saves us. He is powerful to sanctify. He sanctifies us. He is powerful to bless us with all the riches of salvation in Christ. And he blesses us with all those riches. He is powerful to protect us and to preserve us in our salvation. And he does. He is powerful to give us what we need for soul and body. And he gives it. And he is powerful to lead us to glory. And he does. He will. He certainly will. Because he is almighty as our Father in heaven. There is no love like that of your heavenly Father who loves you in Jesus Christ. And it is a profound privilege, therefore, that you and I have to pray to him and to call him our Father. All of us, when we pray, children and young people too, you may pray to God, and you may pray to God knowing that God is your Father who is in heaven. Yes, in heaven, high above us, incomparably great, the Almighty One, the exalted Lord and King over all, the great and the universal King, the light that no man can approach unto, and yet we who are mere creatures and sinners may call him by a very, very intimate name, Father. And calling him, calling him by that name, we may know that we are the precious, beloved children of the Almighty God. Can you think of any greater privilege, beloved, than to call the almighty God of heaven and earth our Father? In order to pray to him, though, we need to know him. That is, we need to know by faith, we need to be confident by faith that he is indeed our Father. If you did not know that God was your Father, if you could not call him your Father with confidence, you could not pray to him. The question would be, if God is not my Father... Who is he then? Who is he then in relation to me if he's not my father? If he's not my father, then he's someone distant. Then he's perhaps a stranger to me. If he's not my father, then perhaps he's someone for me to be afraid of. 
And if he's not my father, will he listen to me? If he's not my father, in the words of Psalm 103, will he have pity and compassion upon me? If he's not my father, will he help me? Will he answer my prayers? When you know that God is your father, then you can pray to him. And then you could say you dare to pray to him. That raises the question, how do we know that God is our Father? How do we come to know that God is our Father? And the answer is simply this. Because God tells us. When you think of an earthly father and child, then that's true of that relationship as well. You know, your children know that you are their father because you tell them. You tell them when they are very young. And you tell them all all of their life long. And you also tell your children that they are your father by being a father to them. By all that you do to them, that all that you do for them, all that you do with them, and that makes them hear from your actions that you are their father. They know. Your children don't have to think to themselves, well, maybe this man who says he is my father isn't my father after all. They are sure that you are. And that's what God does. He tells us. He tells us in his word, the scriptures. He tells us through the preaching of his word. And he tells us again and again and again, I am your father. He tells us that in specific scriptures of God's word. 2 Corinthians 6.18 I will be a father to you and ye shall be my sons and daughters. And God says that to us. God does. Is there any reason for us to doubt it? If it is God who says it? But God also tells us that he is our father through everything that he does for us in Jesus Christ. Notice the catechism mentions that God is become your father for the sake of Christ. He's become your father in Christ. rather striking statement so I'm sure we all would know and understand that God is from all eternity our Father. From all eternity our Father in the decree of election. And so the question is what does the catechism mean when it says God is become our Father? 
And that's touching on, of course, our original sin and touching on the fact that when we fell into sin, we chose Satan to be our spiritual father instead of God. And so God sent the Lord Jesus Christ, and through Christ he demonstrates that he is our father. Through Christ he proves that he is our father. And through the Lord Jesus Christ he makes his eternal fatherhood of his elect people a reality. Makes it a reality through delivering us from that destructive, hate-filled, and hell-bound fatherhood of Satan. And so God put his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, on the cross to make this fatherhood a reality for us. A reality for us because through the blood of his Son, we were adopted into the family of God. We were brought into his family, and we have become the sons and the daughters of the living God. God has made his fatherhood a reality of it, a reality for us on the basis of the finished work of Christ, also through the application of it, of it to us by his Holy Spirit in our hearts. The Spirit that causes us to cry out, as Romans 8 states, Abba, Father. And so we experience it, and we are confident of it by faith. We know, we believe God is our Father. But God also tells us that he is our Father through everything that he does in our lives even now. Just think of it. Is there anyone as considerate as God is? As God our Father who knows our frame and who remembers that we are dust. Is there anyone as considerate? Is there anyone as thoughtful as God is? Is there anyone as helpful as God is? Is there anyone as good-hearted and generous toward you as God is? Do you ever lack what you need for your soul and your body from him? Is there anyone as gracious as God? Is there anyone as merciful toward you as God is? Giving and giving, even though you do not deserve one good thing from him. Is there anyone who does for you with your sins against them what God does? Verses 8 through 10 of Psalm 103. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. 
He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Is there anyone at all who is that gracious and that merciful to you? God makes it very clear to us that he is our Father. Sometimes we perhaps wonder or we perhaps doubt that he is our Father. Maybe you've asked yourself sometimes in your life, is God really my Father? My Father who loves me? Is he really my Father when all these evils come upon me in life? Is he really my father when I'm faced with all these spiritual struggles in life? Is he really my, fa- my loving father when it all seems too much for me? We wonder, we doubt. And that's not good, of course. It's wrong for us to doubt when God tells you plainly that he is your father. It's wrong for you to doubt when God has proven it through giving his son to the death of the cross for you. wrong to doubt when God demonstrates his fatherly love and fatherly goodness in your life, in all he does for you. It's wrong to doubt when God puts his spirit in us and we cry out, Abba, Father, to him. But if you do wonder, then may you hear him tell you this morning what he tells you and me repeatedly, I am your father. I am your father in Jesus Christ. I am the almighty God in heaven who is your father. I am your father who loves you. May the spirit cause you to hear and to believe so that just as your children don't have to doubt whether you are their father, you don't have to doubt that God is your father. And what is the significance of all of this? Significance is that because this is the foundation of prayer, this leads us as God's people to pray properly. 
First of all this, as the Catechism points out, pray properly by showing reverence to God when you pray. Childlike reverence to God. That's the first thing that follows from knowing that God is your Father. God is your Father. He's not like a brother. He's not simply like a friend or a neighbor that you might have. But he is a father who is to be respected by you. And so you must in prayer have respect for God, stand in awe of God, honor God in prayer. Set God apart from everyone else. That's respect. We owe him that respect. We owe him that reverence. And the Catechism reminds us of that by pointing out to us he is our Father in heaven. And that's to make sure that we don't develop some kind of earthly conception of who God is or of what God is. He is not simply on earth, but he is far above us, even earthly fathers and earthly mothers are respected by their children and ought to be respected by their children and certainly deserve to be respected by their children. And that's something that they must demand of their children and something that you children better show to your earthly fathers and mothers. God is in heaven and must be respected so much the more because he is God. Show reverence when you speak to him and respect. Speaking to God with a meek and a quiet spirit speaking to God with the humility of a small child, speaking to his almighty Father in heaven, with the respect of a creature of dust, speaking to his creator, with the respect of one who is dwelling upon the earth, speaking to one who lives in heaven, and with the respect of one who is a sinner, speaking to him who is the Holy One, respect. And then secondly, praying with childlike confidence. The confidence that he will listen confidence that he is interested in your prayers so that you can speak to him as readily as a child speaks to his earthly father or mother with the confidence that those earthly parents will listen to him or her. It is true, God is in heaven. 
and we are on earth. It is true, God is holy and we are sinners. But that must not stop us from speaking to him and speaking to him any time and speaking to him about anything at all and opening up our hearts to God in the confidence of faith. He is listening. He is interested. And he will hear. And we should not hesitate because God is our Father in Jesus Christ. Christ who has gained the right for us to be the children of God. Christ who has gained for us the, our adoption into the family of God. We are the sons and daughters of God. We have the right to speak to God as our Father. We can do that with confidence and we can dare to speak to him about anything that we need. Every need and every struggle. Open up your hearts to God with confidence. Confident that he will listen. And confident that he will give you what you ask of him in faith. Not the confidence that you're going to get whatever you want, whatever you ask for. Even earthly parents know it's not a good thing to give their children everything the children want, everything the children ask for, because there are some things that would not be good for them to give to their children. It would be unwise for them to give these things. These things would be damaging to their children either physically or spiritually or both. Same with God. Some things that he does not give us because it would not be good for us to receive those things. But God is a giving father. And God will give us all that is necessary for our souls and all that is necessary for our bodies. He will give us what is necessary because he is wise and he knows what is necessary. And so if God gives something to us, that's because you need it and it's good for you, even if that is an hour evaluation of it, a negative thing that God gives. And if God withholds things from us, that's because in the wisdom of God, that's not good for us to have. It would be harmful for us to receive it. We don't need it. We don't need it. He gives us all that is necessary for soul and for body. And so you may pray to God and ought to pray to God in the knowledge and the confidence that he is your father in heaven and confident of his goodness and confident of his love. Pray often to him. He's not a stranger. He ought not to be a stranger to us. But he's your father who loves you. 
and your Father who delights to hear your prayers, your praises, your thanksgiving, your confession, and your expression of your need of him and your dependence upon him. God is your Father in heaven. Pray in faith to him. Amen. O Father in heaven, we thank thee that thou art a Father to us. Thou dost reveal thyself to us as such, that thou dost work faith in our hearts to believe that thou art such a God and such a Father to us in and through Christ, thy Son. Bless us in him, even with the gift of prayer, the ability to pray, and the faith to pray to thee as our Father in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen.